0: our partners.
1: Memorial Healthcare has served the community for over a century and is committed to being your healthcare partner. The main campus is located in Owasso at 826 West King Street with additional locations in seven counties throughout mid-Michigan. Services at Memorial Healthcare are provided by people who truly care about their patients, who take pride in making a difference in the life and health of the patients they serve, through all phases of life. With a medical staff of over 200 and nearly 1,500 employees, Memorial Healthcare is proudly recognized as the largest employer in Shiawassee County. Whether it's life-saving emergency room care, bringing a baby into the world, or an annual physical, see what Memorial Healthcare has to offer at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273.
0: Of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona.
2: Well, hello again, everybody. It's time for episode 227 of the Three Point Podcast. We're presented to you by Memorial Healthcare, home of the first class now Community Wellness Center. They have a pool, workout equipment, track, a whole lot more, including the Big Salad Cafe. Speaking of Memorial, coming up August 16th will be the grand opening celebration with ribbon cutting, refreshments, and tours also. Memorial welcomes Dr. Pega Akbari to the Durand office and Dr. Kevin Johnston to the Corona branch. Also, we are presented by our friends at Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry. Many locate locations throughout Michigan. In fact, our family reunion was up at Black Lake last weekend, and I know the Gaylord store was right on the way for Campfire Gummies, and there's nothing like it, man. It was right at the exit at Gaylord. I mean, the convenience, if you're an up-north traveler, Check out one of the Sky Mint yeah. locations, including
3: Gaylord. It's it's funny seeing Ted. I I wouldn't surprise me if you were on some gummies this weekend. At camp. When when we're when we're at the you know the campfire and the whole the whole family's around, Ted kind of becomes a mute, basically. Uh, so there might have been some rumors that you might have had some gummies in the blood.
1: Wait a minute, Ted becomes a mute. That's like that's yeah. the last that's the last thing I would expect. I would expect Ted would be just jabbering everyone's ears off.
3: Well, let's,
2: let's paint the picture. I mean, there's a couple family members that are even more boisterous than I am, and it's pretty tough to get a word in edgewise. So I just sit back, take a listen, watch the fireworks and, uh, you know, just mellow out a little bit. It's, it's fun. So there's a,
1: there's, I, I looked at the list of stores that they have. They have SkyMint has stores all over the state. They have one up in Gaylord though, huh?
2: Right at the exit. I mean, it's that's it's awesome. incredible. A brand new store up there, and like I said, if you're going camping or going up north, I mean, it's uh, it's a great place to stop to, to pick up supplies, without a doubt. And by the way, we do have some big news that we shared on our social media just maybe a couple hours ago. But uh, this is for the Corona store only. Starting out, anybody that goes in there and gives the coupon code three point twenty—that's three point the number three point two zero. Uh, Go to the Chronos store, 20% off SkyMint products. I mean, that's incredible right there out of the get go. First time uh, shoppers is what it's geared for right now. But again, that coupon code 3.20. And I know uh, some of our listeners are really anxiously looking forward to stopping into the Chronos store there.
1: Yeah, I I already shared with some of my friends who still live back in town and uh, they're pretty excited to put that to use. 20% off. I mean, It's like a good excuse to try a couple things, you know, Mm -hmm. and here's what's important
3: is although it's only at the Corona location right now. I mean, we know we have fans and listeners all across the state. I mean, if you, if you have a SkyMint location near you, Ann Arbor, wherever, you know, let us know and we'll try to push to get it so that we can have that code at all the stores.
2: And not only, not only that mention it, if you go into the stores, mention it, you heard it here at three point podcast, you know, and I'm sure they'll respond back to us and we'll get a coupon code maybe throughout all the stores in Michigan if we do well with this, which I, I think we will. I do have that feeling. Uh, our core listeners are geared in to the product there
3: at uh, Something to, Do you? How many of our listeners do you think make it a tradition or maybe indulge in, in a gummy or whatever before listening to our three-mouth <laughs> blabber off? I mean, it probably makes it a lot more enjoyable listening to our nonsense.
1: But, maybe that's going to become a thing. You know, we've we've kind of unofficially – you know, we kind of swap our hats around and, and and show off our lids a little bit. Maybe that's going to be become an unofficial thing for our listeners.
2: Yeah, have a couple uh, gummies
1: may, before you turn the pot on.
2: Maybe more enjoyable. Maybe that's the term, or maybe a more correct term would be more tolerable. I think, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we want to thank them for being a corporate sponsor along with Memorial healthcare. Also our other local partners, which include AZ printing solutions, Crow real estate and auction, Nelson house, funeral homes, rivals, tap house and grill, success group mortgage and servicing the wash of Owasso and the ALS association of Michigan. Well, you know, we kind of teed it up a little bit on our annual family reunion up at OnoA, And as a part of it this year, you know, I got to put it right on the table now. I know a lot of people were wondering how the weight loss contest ended just uh, to kind of set the stage. And, you know, Matt, first of all, welcome back. Jared and I trudged on last week without you, but it's good to have you back. But uh, uh, Jared and I did talk about it a little bit. And unfortunately, I think he called it because he said maybe a few more pounds might have won it for me. And that's what it came down to. I uh, I'm pretty proud. I, I can't deny that. I mean, I lost thirty one and a half pounds in 99 days so that's not bad that that ended up being 13.7 percent of my body weight thank you thank you for that but uh our own shy town drummer casey smith 13.9 pounds and i think or 13.9 percent i think he weighed in at like 175 178 so i mean he worked it hard to get that percentage and you know over 500 bucks so congratulations to casey
1: no, that's I, awesome. I, the, the, the percentage is the best way to do it because right. It's not like Casey's about to lose 40 pounds right. and beat you. So, you know, that's the way to do it. Hey man, you you lost, like you said, before we started recording. Yeah. You didn't win. You lost 30 pounds in 90 days. That's uh, a, yeah. that's a hell of an accomplishment right there. And I bet you feel better. You know, and all that kind of stuff. So, no, that, that's really cool.
3: And I, I will go back to you real quick, Ted, but I think we're burying the lead a little bit. I mean, okay. Matt was very sick yes. I, to the point where I turned on the camcorder we talked before. The show, but he literally looks like he lost like 25 pounds. He's looking yes. great. So, <laughs> you got to feel a little bit like kind of cucked from your whole weight loss thing when Matt shows up in one week and basically dropped 20 pounds. You,
2: well, because, yeah, you know, you he's put in.
3: I was gonna say, no Matt, work, you though. suffered, I and
2: I—I I, I, could have used that your sickness semester. the last three days. <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, that's
1: what I said. If you want to shed those last few pounds, go get food poisoning, where you can't eat or sleep or anything for three days, and uh, you'll be good <laughs> to go. It's not fun, though. What
3: well, you gotta—I mean, I, I asked this question to you at the time, but I think we got to ask it for our listeners. I mean, you had that—you know—weekend from hell, basically, as you described it, where you were you were fasting yourself, you know, get your ten thousand steps in. Mm-hmm. Was there any point where you? deviated from that where if you hadn't you know maybe had that cheeseburger or had that bag of chips you could have you could have won this challenge
4: uh
2: not the last weekend I mean I'm sure Jared that in the 99 days there were you know a couple different times where I veered off course a little bit because the way I looked at it is you still got to live you know and if you have like a one cheat day every couple weeks so be it so it cost me the grand total but I, I still for the most part Stuck to my regiment. See, the big key now is going to be can I keep doing it? Because, you know, I got to keep the weight off. That's what, number one.
3: And what was funny is, man, as soon as this challenge was over, you look over at Teddy's got a big old, like, five foot pound <laughs> bag of popcorn and, uh, like, <laughs> s'mores and hot dogs and chips. Oh, the challenge is over. Just one weekend won't hurt. That's how it always starts, man. I, I, I was in your shoes once upon a time. Yeah. You know, in great shape, you know, working it off. And it all starts with just that first bag of chips. And then it just slowly revolves back to what you were before. So hopefully that doesn't happen to you.
2: But you bring up a good point, though, because you're, you're right. I went for the family reunion weekend at Black Lake. I didn't pay that much attention. I was going to enjoy the good food, you know, the, the the atmosphere up there and didn't completely overdo it, But but ate way more than my daily diet allowed during that 99-day stretch. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah, but sometimes, like you said, you got to live a little. So you know, you you put in the work for a hundred yep. days. Right. So yeah, you got a weekend to kind of let loose a little bit. Now you get back on track. I always go back to I always like my wife. Other I've said this to people many times. The Rock is one of the biggest. Um, um, he he always says you have I to have a there, cheat day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proponent or whatever the word is for a cheat day. I mean, The Rock is in, like, the best shape in the world or whatever. And if you look at his, like, Instagram or whatever, on his cheat days, he eats, like, piles of pancakes and pizzas and cookies and ice cream and stuff like that. Now, obviously, he's working out like crazy the rest of the week. But, you know, like, part of it is you have to stay sane. So, right, if you're going to eat healthy throughout the week, part of staying sane is, yeah, on the weekend, go ahead and get a burger. Go Mm -hmm. ahead and, you know, have a slice of cake or something like that. So, you got you to gotta live a little still, you know, eat, eat healthy, keep the weight off. But that's what I got to do now. I didn't I didn't try to lose this, lose this weight, but, you know, I shed some pounds. So now yeah. it's like, all right, I got to try and keep this off now.
3: That's incredible, man. I mean, <laughs> knock on wood, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to get this food poisoning, man. I'm looking at you. you got the shirt on are you're, you're feeling good. <laughs> if our listeners are only listening, man, check us out on YouTube or on our Twitter. Watch some of those clips. I mean, you'll be yeah. your jaw will drop.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I I mean, I I lost 14 pounds in three days and because I just, I mean, not not trying to get TMI, but I couldn't keep anything down. And I was dehydrated and just laying up in bed for two or three days. And to the point where like I I looked at myself in the mirror, like I look like a POW movie right now. (laughs) And my wife was even like, you don't look too good right now. And it was like, I I couldn't keep anything down. It was nasty. Just a viral infection. You know, luckily not COVID or like anything contagious for the rest of the family or anything, but yeah, not fun, not fun at all. Felt bad missing the podcast, you know.
2: We missed you.
3: The funny thing is, man, I mean, we finally had a successful podcast without you. I mean, I we teased it at the start of our last recording, but the last time we tried to do one of these without you uh, behind the keys, we ended up uh, kind of screwing up the whole record and basically we recorded <laughs> an entire episode that wasn't airable. So uh, in that sense, it was a success. Uh, to tie it back to our vacation just real quick.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm always enamored, man. I always forget it. And I'm always reminded every time I'm up there. It's mind boggling how awesome the stars are up there it's it's like breathtaking i it and i was like look sitting out on my patio last night you know like looking up at the sky i I could see like the north star and that was about it and it was a perfectly clear night yeah it's just it's a totally different world up there pitch black sky stars all over the place and now these like new phone cameras man these iphone 13s they can take pictures of these uh stars in night mode so now you can document it and it, it just is incredible and that all alone is almost worth the trip up north.
1: No, northern Michigan for stuff like that, like we've said before, probably around this time when you guys had this trip to get away and just like kind of almost get off the grid a little bit, and you know you're out there in nature, it's quiet, and you know the stars and everything. You're right on the water. No, it, it it's definitely like a different world up there. It's yeah. And then you talk about trying to see the stars. It's it's the same for me, even the same for you in Owasso, Ted. You try and, well, also you can see some stars, but, you know, around here in where I live, it's just city lights everywhere. I can't see any stars anytime. So right anytime I'm back in Michigan and look up, I'm like, oh yeah, the stars. Well,
2: well Jared was right though, about up there. It just was incredible. Cause I happen to notice that too. Went out when we went back to our uh, lodging right on Black Lake this year. And I think I'm going to stay there. In all future visits, it was incredible just walking out the back door of our room right to the beach on Black Lake and walked out there and uh, took a look at the sky, like you said. I mean, it was just completely full of stars, just crystal clear. It was unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's magic. It really I, is.
3: I have a story and then a question I want to pose to our listeners uh, maybe before we move on from our catch-up to our yeah. draft, which I'm very much looking forward to. I, I will say this. I think I'm going to nail this draft. I, you, I got a we'll lot of do- shit for my fast food draft, you know, for some of the items I selected, but (laughs) I'm really confident in my MLB uniform uh, draft selections. Okay. So, you know, we went on, we go on this big golf trip every year. Uh, You know, we had eight golfers this year and, you know, we're playing, you know, we're, we're split up in two groups of four. We're playing at this really nice, you know, $80 per round black lake golf course, Uh, you know, back in like 2000 when it was built or whatever, I think it was in the top five of public golf courses in the United States. It's kind of went a little bit, downhill in the sense of upkeep since then but still just magnificent views awesome courses uh just a great little layout so we're we're golfing you know we're having a good round you know 4v4 scramble we're playing quick but the rest of the course is playing you know unbelievably slow unbelievably slow to the point where you know we get done with our hole pull up to the next hole the group ahead of us is still waiting on a tee box so At this point, we're kind of thinking like, you know, why not? Let's just let's group up, let's play together. You know, we're we might as well. It's almost faster at that point than just sitting here in two groups while we wait for you guys to tee off. So that goes on for a few holes, and they at this course, man, they have like an army of like course rangers. There's like three or four of them every year, and and I actually made the joke after the round, like, man, we get like yelled at by these guys every single year. I'm surprised they haven't like blacklisted my name when I try to make a tee time there. But anyway, so, you know, we go a few holes. This The one warden pulls up looking like a ZZ guy straight out of like ZZ top or something with a gray beard and uh, kind of one of our group mates uh, kind of put like the sweet talk on him. And he was cool with us, you know, playing with eight, eight in a group. Like I said, we weren't playing slow. Nobody was on our ass or anything like that. So we keep going, get to the hole 18. And the, whole, the clubhouse on hole 18 is like all glass in the back and it overlooks the whole 18 fairway. So... In hindsight, probably should have split up before we went on hole eighteen. But at that point, it's like we're a hole eighteen. What? Why does it even matter? We're really not doing anything wrong. Nobody even been waiting on us, so we are driving on this hole about midway through the hole. This warden pulls up, and I can see him coming from a mile away, man.
1: Come like that? You're calling warden. him a warden? <laughs> that's ranger what you're like.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't know what you, uh, manager or course manager or ranger, whatever you all call him. I like to call him the warden because that's how he acted. Like he was like a warden. <laughs> He's, he's making a beeline right to me. I'm in the cart that's at the front of this whole, you know, whatever, five cart group. And he's making a beeline right at me, right across the fairway. I, I already know what's coming. Comes up to me. He's like, e, what the hell are you guys doing? Five carts on the fairway. We can see you guys from the clubhouse. We're, we're getting our asses reamed. People are calling us. Uh, my boss is calling us. We're getting our asses reamed. I literally, like, I, just, I look at him and he's like, what? He goes like, what were you thinking? Or something like that. And so I go, well, we were, we were waiting on the group ahead of us. You know, we're not playing any slower. We're not playing, you know, any faster than we would have been. Nobody's waiting on us. What exactly is the big deal? You know, I get it if, like, if we were causing a log jam on this course or something, 100%. You know, I get it. But the way he came and the way he talked to me, and when I said that we were waiting on this group, he just totally ignored it and then just, like, acted like I didn't even say that. Like, I had no no reasoning behind anything. And just basically was, like, bitching us out, like, saying we had to split up. So – Mid hole 18 fairway, we had to split up. My group had to finish out the hole. And then the next group behind us had to then finish out the hole, which probably in return probably did cause a log jam. So my question is, and my uncle is actually the one kind of laying this out, and I felt the same thing before as well. If we had our two allotted tee times, right, for a group of eight, or for two groups of four, and we just, for whatever reason, we decided we want to pair up in a group of eight, you know, and we were still playing at, you know, the right pace of play, and you know, and they have the little pace of play monitors on your little golf cars at this course. So we were in the, you know, with 15 minutes fast or whatever pace of play. If we're still uh, you know, following course pace of play, why does it matter how we group up as long as we stay within our two time slots? I do not understand that. I mean, I know John Strine is one of our listeners, he's a big golf guy. Maybe he can give me uh, you know, a reasoning behind this. Why in God's green earth is that a problem to these courses? <clears throat>
1: It'd be, it'd be an encyclopedia of uh, an explanation if he, if he gave it to you, but I, I bet the biggest thing is golf etiquette.
2: Etiquette hundred percent. But yeah,
1: that's, that's really it. You know, cause like, like you said, you're within the pace of play. You're not holding anyone else up. You're, you're sticking to the rules of, you know, you're not driving your carts all over the greens or, you know, doing anything like that. So really, right. Why, why does it matter? Golf etiquette? That's all. It's, it's a gentleman's game. You know, you got to follow
3: those rules. That's why I hate golf, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, seriously, I mean, what, what, like, it's not like this course is Augusta, you know, there was maybe nine groups out of this course was not like, back to back, back to back on all these groups, man, maybe a total of five people in this clubhouse. I mean, this course is in the middle of BFE, man. It's not like they have some rep to uphold or something. So I, I don't know, it just the whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. The fact that that guy, you know, for one, if it was a problem with you, do your damn job and figure out about that. We were doing this for seven holes. Right. So maybe you should have nipped this in the butt at hole 12. Not when we're walking off the course already, the damage is already, or whatever the damage was, is already done. It's just, I'll be back at that course next year because I do love that course, but it's like, you know, every summer I'm reminded of why I hate golf and why <laughs> I also love it at the same time. I hate the people that are involved with it, but I love the sport.
2: Now let, let me ask you a couple of questions, Jared. Uh, you had two foursomes, that's cool, and then you, you obviously grouped up the last few holes with all eight of you. Uh, did Did you have any stakes on the line at all, as far as the the teams? You know, was there money on the line? I mean, there was
3: money, uh, but I'll be honest. When that warden came up and was like saying this, I literally said to my playing partner, well, "Let's just let's just call it a day, man. What's even the point of finishing this goddamn hole? This is so stupid that he's having us split up right now." That I literally said that. Uh, and I think we ended up tying. So the money didn't even end up coming into play, but it just, it just was that asinine that I was at that point. I was like, I was, I literally had the ball already picked up, ready to go. If my group would have went with me, I would have called it a day.
2: That kind of led into what I was going to say. Cause I I remember you guys talking about it and it still kind of baffled me that you settled the round of golf with a tie. I just, I'm surprised you didn't have some sort (laughs) of playoff to to get get a winner.
3: (laughs) We were, we had a bullseye on our back. Heading into <laughs> that clubhouse, man. So believe me when I said as soon as that we were done with that round, I you sped got around it. in my car, unloaded my clubs, and sat in the parking lot the rest of the day until gotcha. the second group was done. I was not going to go parading around that clubhouse and that concourse knowing <laughs> that we basically, quote-unquote, caused these guys to get their asses reamed.
2: Fair enough.
1: That That is definitely one of the biggest frustrations with golf, especially for casual golfers, when you go out there and you have to just sit and wait all the time. That, that's just not fun. If you're if you're a weekend hacker, you know, but like you're getting to play consistently, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But if you're like sitting at the tee box for 20 minutes, you know, getting bored, getting all tight and stiff, and then you got to go swing, then you got to sit at your ball in the fairway. That's just that's no fun. So, yeah, they got to figure something out. You might your your pitcher might be uh, behind the bar right now. Up, at that, you know, up in that clubhouse. You, you, you might man. have
3: a mug Yeah, like a mug <laughs> Like I said, I would probably do that if I was them, man. I feel like they have a new bitch at us every single year. Uh, but who knows? Judging by these Rangers and their little army led by the warden, wouldn't surprise me if they're bitching at everybody on that course.
2: Yeah, it's funny you bring that up, too, because, you know, I, I have noticed the last couple of years there has been a significant drop-off of, uh, you know, the crowd, really. I mean, it didn't seem overly crowded. I mean, the, you know, the clubhouse, it's just a beautiful clubhouse with a great restaurant set up. And they have one girl works behind the bar and they have a cook. And that's basically it. I mean, they got a great setup. You know, they could, they they used to have like Friday night fish fries. They used to have Sunday breakfast buffets. That's all gone. You know, I'm sure it started with COVID, but it's it's a shame to see that and i am sure it's the same way you know in the in the clubhouse uh, and in and the people that run the place it, it's too bad now one last question for you. you when you guys had your eight players together was there anybody at all behind you
3: there was uh, like i think they finally caught up to us on like 17 so okay. it was like mid, like we're on the whole 17 green there in the whole 17 fairway uh so yeah like minimal wait if okay. that group decided to make a call from that minimal two minute wait then that's who I should have directed my fury at. I should have yeah. spun around and went back and gave him a piece of my mind, but Ooh. it was all directed at the warden, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, successful weekend. You had had your girlfriend Liz up there with you. Did she enjoy herself?
3: Yeah. I mean, we, we went to Mackinac Island for a day. I mean, that place is always awesome. Uh, I'm still kind of waiting for the day that I can stay the night on that Island because mm-hmm. it's seems like the type of place that when the sun goes down, you know, the, 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 people come out, the wild people come out. So. Right.
2: And while you were out there golfing, a, a group of us went to Sheboygan and took a glass bottom boat tour and checked out some of the uh, shipwrecks there in, in Lake Huron. That was really, that was really a pretty cool tour. It took us out about three miles uh believe it or not uh where these shipwrecks were I mean, it's pretty shallow water it was like nine to 12 feet you know two or three miles out which i never realized yes. that out in lake huron i thought it was deeper than that so how the yeah, hell I do know, you huron,
1: Huron's pretty shallow uh-huh. for the most part but um there's a ton of stuff to do up there i think it's cool that you guys i mean it's fun to just like sit around the campsite you know and chill right. but it's also fun yeah to go out golfing go to mackinac island go sightseeing and stuff it's cool
2: yeah. Northern Michigan. Can't beat it. Pure Michigan. It. Right. Yep. All right. Well, Jared, oh, gonna...
3: I, I actually do have one more. Com- I have one more. comment. On, your Your okay. chain comment just sparked it. So do you guys ever think about like the fact that like, a lot of people probably come to Michigan and only go to you know Detroit or only go to Lansing or Flint or Grand Rapids? And they don't like see the fact that like it's basically an entirely different world, like mm-hmm. a couple hours up the road. Do you think that there are other states like that? I mean, what are other ones? The only other one I can think of is like, what, California uh, that has just totally different terrain. Do you think people even realize that about Michigan?
2: Well, Minnesota, Wisconsin are a couple states right in the Great Lakes area that that are very similar. When you get up to the northern regions, it's a lot like northern Michigan. But, yeah, there's probably a lot of people don't realize what we have here uh, up north. You know, we've, we've had it before in our social media stuff. Matt, and I know you agree 100%. Where does up north start? probably the, uh, Claire rest 100%. area. Yep.
1: yep. Yep. That's where you start getting up North. And I always, I always blow people away. Cause I, I talk about skiing or whatever. Michigan has the most ski resorts of any other state in the country. Hmm. I mean, yes, it's not mountains like Colorado or Utah or, you know, or New uh, Vermont, but the ski resorts are super nice. And, you know, the snowmobiling and, you know, there's just so much to do and Yeah, I think a lot of people like kind of along these lines, I saw a post on, uh, I think it might have been SportsCenter's Instagram, you know, they share a bunch of random videos too. It was, you know, that Sleeping Bear sand dunes, that that famous dune that you can go down and the only way to get back up is to climb back up. Yeah. I think it's called like The Point, The Point or something like that. But anyway, I've done it like four or five times, but somebody Mm -hmm. shared it, uh, a video of them climbing this dune and Sports centers Instagram, like, reposted it, and so I, I went, I knew it right away, when I saw what they were doing, I was like, oh, that's Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes, that's funny, so I went to the comments, and I mean, it was flooded with people that were like, What's where that? is this, this is crazy, what is this, what is this, And you know, so obviously, a bunch of people were, oh, that's in, that's in Northern Michigan, Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes, or whatever, and so many people then were replying to that, like, what, that's in Michigan, who would have <laughs> known, like, you know, stuff like that, and it's like, telling you man you look at like the pictured rocks and you know mackinac island and mackinac bridge and just like so many other things the sioux locks and just all this other stuff that is so unique to the state and the the people who only stick to you know lafayette coney island downtown detroit they're they're missing out on a lot but
3: here's all you need need to know man I, i actually forgot about this when we were talking about the blue angels i asked the blue angels guy like where's your favorite place to fly uh, you know, they go all over the country, you know, uh, San Diego, uh, Colorado, everywhere, basically his number one place, Traverse city said he loves the, the water is as clear as it's ever, is he's ever seen. The mm-hmm. sand dunes are awesome. Uh, and I just thought that was crazy. Like you think like, what is Traverse city of all these like huge cities and sweet places like Traverse city. So that's all you need to know about Michigan, yeah. especially Northern Michigan.
2: We, we love our state without a doubt. And uh, many, many, SkyMet locations throughout the state of Michigan. I'll just throw that out there. Quick little plug. We'll be back. Uh, Jared's got a little contest for us in reference to baseball uniforms. We'll get into that right after these
3: messages. Memorial Healthcare is proud and excited to open their new forty million dollar plus neurology, orthopedic, and community wellness center, now called the Now Building. The 15,000 square foot facility features the highest quality, most sensitive 3T MRI available on today's market. The three-story building provides area residents a medically-based wellness center featuring nutritional, counseling, and group fitness classes, among other offerings. Memorial Healthcare's new wellness center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring health care and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720 CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380.
4: Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today.
3: All right, fellas. Uh, you know, I, I I love these drafts that we do, and I think our listeners really do, too. And with football and Hard Knocks starting next week, I felt like it was kind of our last little opportunity to get one of these in uh, before the dog days of summer are over. And, I mean... Hats off to us, man. This is the toughest time for us to do podcasts every year. This like three, you know, two-month window where there ain't nothing going on, but we made Especially it. Especially
1: when the Tigers are terrible.
3: Yeah. Oh. So in honor of that and the MLB season, you know, us kind of maybe are taking our Which, eyes. Side of note. Sorry. Yeah. The
1: tiger, the tigers have been terrible since we've started this podcast. Like, what, what would happen if all of a sudden we're doing this podcast and the tigers are like leading the AL Central? And uh, that would just be crazy. This we wouldn't pod- have
2: a dog
3: day, that's for sure. <laughs> this <laughs> right. podcast, man. It we all of the teams have sucked since we started, other than Michigan. I mean, we saw we right. got a little taste of it with Michigan football last year, but that's the yeah. first time, man. And think of how much fun it was recording those episodes. So wait until the Pistons are good, wait until the Lions are good, uh, Tigers. I mean, man, we, we just we made it through the tough parts of this season. Now we gotta you know reap our bounty or whatever. Yeah. All right, but anyway, the draft uh today's topic is MLB uniforms. This goes from the hat all the way down to the cleats. Um, full uniform, we each get our top three. And then at the end of the draft, we can throw out some honorable mentions. Uh, I say I'll just pick the order. Uh, I'll go last just because I kind of have the topic. We'll do a snake draft. Matt can go first. Ted, you're the middleman today. Okay. Uh, right. And I think we just roll with it. Uh, I have right. a few kind of rules. You can't pick the same jersey as somebody else. Uh, that goes without saying. Uh, and if it's, if we require you to kind of name like a specific year or like time era. frame or era, that's an important uh, distinction as well. So, all right. With that, Matt, floor is yours.
1: Very easy. The number one pick is the Detroit Tigers home uniform. The Detroit Tigers white home uniform might be the cleanest uniform in all of sports, not just baseball, just nice, clean, white with the subtle pinstripe, the old English D and the hat with the, the white old English D, it is just the cleanest, coolest look in baseball. I hope they never touch their home uniform. Do whatever you want with the away ones, you know, have fun with those. But that home uniform for the Tigers, number one, easily. The easy yeah. number one pick.
3: That's a good pick. I mean, I, a is. bit predictable. I, I If Ted was number one, I think he's taking it number one. Uh, no, believe it or
2: not, I, I still have my number
3: one. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> um, no, they, I mean, the hat is maybe the best part of it all. Uh, the home uniforms are just incredible. They're classic. The all-whites, you can't beat it. The, the Like you said, the Tigers road uniforms, I could go without. If they switch the, from those tomorrow, I would be applauding it. Yeah. I don't like them. Uh, they're kind of almost like a cheap ripoff of the home uniforms, just gray and not as cool. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with that pick. Great selection.
2: Yeah, well, my number one pick is uh, I think it's the classiest uniforms. Maybe in all sports, the St. Louis Cardinals with the baseball bat across the front, the two Cardinals on up each top of each bat, and then uh, you know the the Cardinal logo on the on the uh, hat, the red hat. I think the whites, the white uniforms are are the the yeah. Which one are you picking? Yeah, I'm going to go with the whites. I like the blue a lot too.
3: But I was going to say
1: not the powder blue. No, I'm going to go. I'll be
3: honest, man. You kind of watch that pick. You didn't even pick the best uniform of that franchise. Yeah, the powder blue ones are definitely better. Nah, I mean, the whites are nice, the whites are nice, the logo is great, <laughs> but everything you described about that, what, what you liked about the uniform is also on the powder blue edition, so I, I just feel like it was a bit of a botched nah, selection. Nah.
1: There is something so classic about the baseball bat with the two Cardinals on it's it. It's
3: awesome. Yes. I, don't, I don't know
1: what it is. It is so cool. Agreed. It's a good pick. I,
3: I mean, this is the steal of the draft. I, don't overthink it, guys. Uh, the best uniform in, in in all of sports, it's, it's the home Yankee uniform. Uh, it's it's basic. It's maybe overplayed, but when you really get down to the brass tacks, and it, if you had to pick a uniform, it is that home Yankee jersey. It's more particularly it's Derek Jeter number two, Jordan Cleats, Ah, uh, you know, young Derek Jeter, like in his early twenties, fresh out of college. That's how I like to imagine this uniform. The captain. It's classic. It looks sweet. It's everything that we like: the all white, the pinstripes, the tradition. It's everything that the Tigers home uniform is, plus then some. So I just think it's the best uniform in all sports. Basic, you know, call me that. Call me overhyped, whatever. It just flat out it's the best uniform that we've ever had. It yeah, is that...
1: cool. You know, it's classic for baseball and everything, but I'm I'm just I'm not a fan of the whole uniform of pinstripes. I get it because it's classic. It's the Yankees. That's why I like the Tigers. The Tigers just have like a nice, subtle pinstripe. The like the Mets with the full pinstripe on the Mets uniform and the Yankees. I'm just not a fan. I like the hat. Obviously the Yankees hat is just as classic as they come, just like the Tigers, but.
2: Very uh, I'm similar. Surprised. You think I'm surprised about that's it. your number right. one. I mean, they're very similar with the whites, you know, the Yankees really, the only difference is the pinstripes. I mean, you know, they both have the Navy blue logo, the NY for New York, yeah. but that's a good, that's a good solid pick. I think I, and, I've and, always liked and, the Yankee unis.
3: And you got to love the phrase, you know, earn your pinstripes. Yeah. That that almost just brings it all. Was that, was that anywhere? Were you guys ever going to select that or was it? It was on that? my list. It was on my yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, Side
1: note with the, the Yankees. What do you guys think? I'm curious. Uh, this is a generational thing with their whole policy of no facial hair, no beards. That's awesome. Oh, come
3: on. I mean, man, dude, that's what I mean. Like, they're just a, I mean, number two most valuable franchise behind the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, wow. Just what a, like, and here's what's funny. People shit on Yankee Stadium all the time, but you ask any player, like, what's your favorite stadium in It's Yankee Stadium. Uh, even the new one. It, it's just, it's, there's something about that franchise that if I was an MLB all-star, I'm not turning it down. I'm going there in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah. I can understand that. I just get over yourselves. Let people have a beard. It's okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I think a lot of the allure there is just going into New York, you know, in general, I mean, playing in the big apple, the biggest city where, where it all happens, the history of the Yankees. I mean, we could go on and on. I mean, there's either, you're either a Yankee hater or you're a Yankee lover. And I've always loved the Yankees. I mean, how, you know, I just don't know how you couldn't, you know, just a dynasty. Everything yeah. that's gone on in the history of baseball.
3: My number two, I'm not going to lie. It would have been the St. Louis Cardinals, uh powder blue, but it, infringing a little too much on Ted's pick. I'll just, I'll give that up. I'll let it go into the ether. Um, my number two, very similar, though, it's the Kansas City Royals, light blue, dark blue uniforms, George Brett era. They're still awesome nowadays. I picture Whit Merrifield, even though he just got traded to the Blue Jays, even though he doesn't have his vaccine, which is a whole nother funny kind of crazy side story that we don't need to get into. Uh He can't play in those games until something happens there. So uh, but but those uniforms, man, I, I have the I had a hat, my favorite hat for the longest time blue brim light blue top you know the kansas city uh crown logo it, just a classic uniform and really no other way to put it they're the original powder blues not the cardinals so you just can't go wrong with that colorway.
2: you're talking the solid uh powder all blue, blue yep, jerseys powder blue. and pants right yeah yep. yeah that's another one that was on my list for sure that was a that was a good look the george brett era there for sure all right i back, think
3: it's is, uh, back to you yep back to me
2: uh I'm going to go with, uh, boy, there's one here I know you guys maybe won't pick, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Pirates sleeveless look from the early 60s with the, kind of the sleeveless vest with a black undershirt underneath it with the black hats with the, the with the yellow P on it. That was just a crisp, clean, classic look uh, back in the day. You know, I could go with the pillbox hat Pirates, but I, I, I like the original Bill Mazeroski running around the bases, Waving his hat, the game-winning home run against the Yankees, winning the 1960 World Series against the hated Yankees. Yankees outscored the Pirates in that World Series. Shit, I want to say <laughs> by about 15 runs overall, but the Pirates won the four games. And uh, that, that uniform was classic. And I also liked it because when I was in high school, our Corona Cavalier uh, baseball uniforms were the same design, same look. And I, in fact, I have one hanging on my wall. So I, I like that cool. Pirate look.
3: It, I've never understood the sleeveless jerseys to be honest. I like they look like the Diamondbacks had some sweet ones. Yeah, you know, I think Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. at one point of his career was rocking a, a yeah, jersey the C- like the that. Cincinnati
1: Reds brought those back and those are huge.
3: Yeah, I like them. It, it. It just doesn't make sense because you end up wearing the t shirt underneath it anyway, so it's kind of like you might as well just have the sleeves on the jersey. Um, it's kind of a dapper look, though. It's kind of
2: like the does cool. right. you go fast, right?
3: Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Uh, it's something different. I, I don't think they, they were bad by any means. Um but the Pittsburgh yeah, Pirate hat, I mean, that's up there with the Tigers. That's up there with the Yankees hat. It's yeah. awesome. That just the P on the black lid, that's another hat that I have. Like that's a hat that, along with the Detroit Bad Boys hats, are hats that like I keep replenishing the same exact hat over and over again as they get old, as they get worn, as mm-hmm. I lose them. That's a hat that's always in the rotation, is the the all black Pittsburgh Pirate P hat.
1: That's a cool one. Yeah, the, the sleeveless uniforms, when, when the Reds busted those out in like the mid-90s, every high school started wearing those <laughs> mm-hmm. uniforms. It was we, – we never did at Corona, but, um, yeah, it was cool. Every every high school had the sleeveless uniforms because right. of Ken Griffey Jr. and the Cincinnati Reds. But, yeah, that, that, the Pirates, that, that hat is cool. And what adds to it is that that ballpark, man. No go Downtown no. Pittsburgh and watch a game there. Can't go wrong. So my next two, because I get back-to-back. Yep. Doesn't really matter which order I go in, but I'll, I'll go first. It's like the 1960s era, the Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah. That the was crazy, my like, like, orange sherbet, you know, like all the all crazy different. colors yeah, going reds. side to side. Those things are slick. Those those are really cool. Um, it, it just, like, when you see those, it makes you think of, like, 1960s baseball. I mean, it just takes you back to that era. And I just think those those are just, they're almost like, Ted, you got the Pistons hat on. They're almost like so ugly. They're super cool. You know, (laughs) kind of like the teal Pistons uniform. Right. So, which is a whole other topic, but yeah. So yeah, that, that Houston Astros would be my number two pick.
3: Those are incredible. Uh, they, I remember they had like the, they have like the Jersey number on the leg, which was maybe, uh, I'd knock it a point or two for that. Um, but, no, those, those are incredible. That was probably number four on my list. I, this yeah. is a funny side story. That's almost not related but also related. I remember my older brother's team in youth baseball. They were called the Astros. And I don't know if their, like, sponsor had a little bit extra money in, the, in, the, in his pockets or what. But they had the actual, like, Astro Star logo on their hats. And, I mean, you guys remember it. Matt, probably more your generation than Ted's. You just got the typical, like, black stock hat was, like, right. what your youth team wore. So I just remember thinking, like, that was so awesome. That they actually had like a logo on their hat, and uh, that's my small little tie to the Astros. Ours,
1: ours was always the, and I actually, I, I think I actually still have a couple, the just huge foam front, and then you would get like the, like decorating with stitching on the top yeah. or town tub, you know, on the top, and you know you had to wear the hat like this, right. you know, they had to be able to see your face. And, those were yeah. those, those the most uncomfortable hats ever. But, yeah, that's cool. If you could get a logo on your hat, dude, that's huge. Oh, yeah, you were kings. So my last pick, heading back down. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with this one. I was going back and forth, but I I, I really like the hat of this one specifically. The, like, 80s, early 90s Oakland A's. think of, oh, like, yeah. Rick, Ricky Henderson and early Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, the just green with the yellow pinstripes on the sleeves. And then that that hat is, again, it's almost like so ugly. The green and yellow, it's so cool, though. The green lid with the yellow bill and then the A is just so cool. When I, when I see that green Oakland A's uniform, it just makes me think of like late 80s, early 90s baseball. Dudes just all roided up. Mark McGuire just mashing the ball. Ricky Henderson running all over the place. Those those green Oakland A's uniforms are pretty cool.
2: You know, the A's were one of the first teams to have a variety of different uh, variations of their uniforms. You know, I really liked uh, their yellow shirts with the white pants, then the green hats with the yellow A's on it. You know, I mean, they had so many different combinations that they could rock out there. And they also... You know, we're the first team in baseball to go with the white shoes, you know. I mean, they had a that, that A's team in the 70s with Joe Rudy and Reggie Jackson and Vita Blue. I mean, they were quite a bunch, man. You know, they had a nice streak there of about uh, four or five years where they were ruling baseball in a lot of different ways. And it, that was a fun team to watch. And they were dressed accordingly. Yeah, those
3: the Oakland A's, man, their gear, it sucks that they don't have much of a loyal fan base and that their, their franchise never shells out any cash because their branding and their colors and their jerseys are maybe the best that there's ever been.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like when you think of the green and yellow, you wouldn't think it would go together, but for the A's, it just works. It's really cool.
2: It does. Um, My last pick, I had a couple man, it's a tough, tough choice between my last two that I was going to go with, but I'm going to go again with uh, tradition i'll save the other one for honorable mention but i'm going to go with uh, in, in honor of vin scully passing away we'll mix that right in there right now uh the all-time greatest baseball broadcaster i think bar none everybody knows i even tweeted it that ernie harwell's my guy he's the voice of my voicemail but uh vin scully the voice of baseball for the dodgers from 1950 until i think 2016 is when he finally hung up the microphone but uh, the dodgers White homes with the blue script Dodgers across the front with the red number. I mean, and that hat with L.A. Yeah. It's just
3: class all the way, the blue, right there the with the blue anchors.
1: hat
2: with the white L.A. Yeah,
1: it's so cool. That, yeah. that is such a cool hat. Yeah,
3: there. Man, it's funny how, like, I feel like the the main connector between all these best jerseys is, is just all white, man. I, it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's not rocket science. Uh, you know, just make them all white uniforms and they're gonna be pretty damn cool
2: absolutely it's the way you put the trim together and the and the the lettering and everything else that goes with it and man in today's day and age and you guys are both in television man when you got that crystal clear high def picture and you just see that just jumps right out at you i was just noticing that watching a a dodger series a week or so ago man it was just awesome
3: it is uh all right i will round up the draft i'm just gonna throw out a few of my honorable mentions since i have the last pick here uh, the 0-4 era, like kind of Chicago Cubs, Sammy Sosa and his pro- – like another connector, man, all white. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the Dodgers. Color scheme and everything, the, the red, white, and blue. I picture Sammy Sosa, you know, post nine eleven running around with that flag. That's exactly <laughs> what comes to my mind when I think of this jersey. Hardball, the kids in the crowd, Sammy! Another great part. <laughs> and w- it's just classic uniforms, great animal mention. Uh, like I already mentioned, the St. Louis Cardinals, powder blue. Uh, and then one other one, the uh, 19th like 80s era baltimore orioles all white uniforms the orange the black they had the nice trim around the sleeves of orange and black stripes and then also around the belt line orange and black just awesome awesome look uh but my my final pick this is a bit off the beaten path a personal favorite i know it's really not a crowd pleaser uh the detroit stars alternate uniform that the (sighs) tigers wear from time to time man they're sweet i love them the hat is the best part just the the star on, on the top the, the 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 blue trim all the way up the collar and around the neck they are some of my favorite uniforms they brought them back in 2007 pudge rodriguez area era they wear them you know all star uh, negro leagues weekend but man i think they need to start wearing them a lot more they need to be you know 10 games 15 games a year wearing these bad boys i i love them they're i've been trying to get a detroit stars hat but they're pretty hard to come by really
1: they're cool i mean they're not they're not my favorite i'm surprised they're on your top three but they they are it's a cool throwback i'll give you that
2: yeah you took one of my honorable mentions with the orioles you forgot to mention with those orioles white with the script orioles across the front they had the bird on the hat you know the orange white bird bird. i mean the the real bird not the comical bird you know (laughs) that was a great great look my my other honorable mention uh, it almost made my list of top three was it's the Phillies blue roadies with the red trim. Uh, you know, the Mike Schmidt, Pete Rose era. Those were some sweet looking uniforms too. And, and one we didn't talk about, we, you know, we, we, we spent quite a bit of time talking about blues uh, the Montreal Expos used to have some sweet looking blue unis. They're cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Back in the early days, those, those are pretty cool too. I was going to throw out the like seventies era white socks where it just says socks. Oh across yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Kind of cool. No one no one threw out the just like the classic Red Sox unis, huh? Yeah.
3: They're cool. I just just there's so many other options that i mean and it's like if you're gonna go the traditional route, you gotta go Yankees or Tigers since we're a Tigers fans. Uh so that's the only reason I, I had to kind of but another good honorable mention, uh the the 1980s era. Ted, I'm surprised this is not make your list, man. 1980s era. Detroit Tigers away uniforms. The gray, the those are cool. You know, the, they are sweet. Wow. There's the tiger the, the
1: the, the, like, coming out of it. Those yeah, ones. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, the, no, no, no. Or wait. I'm picturing You're talking about uh, the ones that say
1: Detroit across the channel? Detroit yeah. and black yeah, letters. Yeah. Black yeah, letters. Yeah, yep. Lou yeah. Whitaker
3: era uh, yeah, jerseys. Just sweet, sweet uniforms, man. I don't know why they ever get, went away from those, but
1: I wish they would bring get, those back. They yeah, need if we to bring didn't those
3: out in. our current away uniforms for those. I think we're all in favor. Of well, are,
2: are the current ones, do they have a script Detroit across the front of them? Tigers. It says oh, Tigers. Is it tigers? Yeah.
3: Do, do they? Is it? I thought it was, I thought, it, this is kind of bad. We don't know. I thought it was Detroit. I thought, but I thought it was Detroit not. in a script, which but I kind of like, actually.
1: It says Tigers. Is it no really way.
3: Tiger? <laughs> I don't I don't think. Oh, no, Detroit. It's Detroit. It's Detroit. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Detroit in, in cursive. Well, yeah, that's I thought. I don't, I don't like know what it is about them. I just don't like. There's nothing to them, so I, I just don't like them.
1: Yeah, I guess that's kind of my thing. Is it's just like nothing special. I guess the mm-hmm. I don't know the the script to me has to be like like the Dodgers, like Michigan State basketball, nice clean white with the state. You know, the, the script is like special mm-hmm. for it on the Tigers away uniforms. Eh.
2: Yeah, I guess that that's what makes the world go round. Different yeah. differing opinions. All right, I think any others that we have to throw out there? Or are we going to move on to some potpourri to wrap this thing up? I think I think that's what we'll do. You got, got another comment?
3: I mean, I could throw out honorable mentions for days. Uh, <laughs> I got I got two more bad honorable mention. First off, we talked about this off pod the '76 white Sox uniforms, man, where they were literally like basketball shorts, shorts. and long socks. I mean. Dear God, Ted, you can't ever comment on people's fashion because the fact that that's what you guys were wearing back in the day, I mean, I'd rather wear the Michigan State highlighter uniforms than them damn things.
2: Hey, I wasn't Ted wearing them, I can guarantee you that.
3: <laughs> uh, and then just this is this is a basic one, you know, along the same vein as the other picks we've had, very similar to the Orioles. Just the San Francisco Giants, mm. all white, or the the black alternate that Barry Bonds used to rock. Uh, yeah. I recently fell down a Barry Bonds, like, rabbit hole. God, he would mash the ball. Oh, man. And I forgot how sweet his, like, his legendary like record-setting home run was, where he just bombs it, and then as soon as it leaves the bat, he just puts his, both his arms in the air and just holds it. I mean, what an awesome player he was.
1: He was incredible. It's a, it's a shame that the whole steroid thing is surrounding him, because he would have been a Hall of Famer. Everyone knows this stuff. 100%. He would have been a Hall of Famer before the allegations even came, because he had won multiple MVPs, multiple gold gloves, been an All-Star every year. And then he went to San Francisco and started just mashing. My my thing is, is like, there's, there's gotta be guys in the hall of fame that use steroids. 100%. Bonds was never actually like, he never had a positive test. I think we're all pretty sure that he was doing something, but you know, never had a positive test or anything. And besides that, he's still one of the greatest players ever. It's kind of like the whole Pete Rose argument and stuff Mm -hmm. like it's, you can't like ignore this guy as a place in baseball history because he's one of the best players ever, and and really you can make an argument that he's the best player ever.
2: But you could, didn't yeah. he have one of the greatest swings of all time? I mean, oh, just yeah, short, compact. You, Boom!
3: Sends <laughs> uh, uh, what I loved about his highlights is just a compilation of like a million of his home runs. He just hit it would hit it right into the McCovey Cove or whatever it is, right over <laughs> the right time. field. That was like it was like just a cheat code. You know, they talk about Lou Whitaker hitting into the short porch and Tiger Stadium. Imagine Barry Bonds who could already bomb it all over the yard, knowing just that he's got that short right field wall to hit too. It's I mean like, the craziest no story.
1: The craziest story that everyone again knows about. He got walked intentionally walked with the bases Bases loaded loaded. one time. Yep. Bases were loaded and the opposing manager was like, I don't want this dude to hit a grand slam. I'm just going to walk
2: in. Unbelievable. Yeah. He he was a legend for sure. Well, hopefully he'll get in the hall of fame one of these days. And I know, uh, Hall of Fame business, Sky Mint Cannabis. They're Michigan's leader in the industry. I'll tell you what, we're glad they're a part of this podcast. It's grown right here in Michigan with many locations, including Detroit, Ann Arbor, Grand Rapids, Corona, of course. Don't forget to use the coupon code 3.20 if you're a first-time shopper at the Corona store. Use that code and get 20% off. If you're over 21, stop into any other stores. And for your convenience, you could even place an order online for delivery or curbside pickup. And if you want to know more details, go to SkyMint.com. We're, we're glad they're a part of our team. We have some other important team members coming up next here on the podcast, and we'll wrap this thing up with a potpourri of sports. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Nelson House Funeral Homes' number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234.
4: The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat, conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem, as The Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to TheWashOfOwasso.com. That's The Wash of Owasso. Com to view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup. As a special three-point podcast bonus, enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team.
2: All right, guys, uh, you know, we'll go all over the place here, but let's let's go back to baseball and the Tigers for just a moment. Uh, you know, the trade deadline came. The Tigers made a move or two. I mean, they got rid of Fulmer to the Twins, made him walk right across the field. Uh, kind of an interesting trade. I'm not sure I would have pulled the trigger on that. They traded him for a bag of chips, basically. And then Robbie Grossman to the Braves, uh, he was going to be a free agent next year. He was already making five mil. I, I, that that one didn't bother me at all. The Fulmer trade, okay. I, I would rather see him stay, but it kind of goes to show you that uh, teams weren't knocking on their door to get some of their players. Maybe uh, overrated a little bit by Detroit Tiger fans.
1: Yeah, it's or the asking price was too high. You know, who knows? Right.
3: It's funny to me how people were like anything Al Avila would have done at this deadline, people would have bitched about. Yep. It's like people, you know, people were saying. Leading up to the deadline, like don't let him make any decisions. You know, he kind of played it safe, you know, traded the kind of obvious guys away. And people are bitching they didn't do anything. (laughs) It's like I just I just don't know what did you want from this guy? Do you want him like you know trying to basically resurrect this team out of like on this trade deadline, or do you want him just kind of sit and wait? And I'm glad he did. I I don't I was not in favor of like blowing this team up. I I didn't think that they needed it. Uh, I think we're if we're a piece or two away. A couple of these guys really coming into their own next year from, like, being a playoff contender. I, I, and we just, we're just so injury depleted this year that it's just you almost had to throw this year out the window.
1: I think the big thing is the track record with him. I mean, he has swung and missed on so many trades. And this Michael Fulmer one was another one. Yeah, Fulmer, you're not going to get, like, you know, the, the haul that the Nationals got for Juan Soto. You're not going to get that for Michael Fulmer. But the player that they got back for Fulmer, I doubt he ever even makes the big leagues. I mean, he's right. he's getting tore up in double A ball. So it's kind of like that's what's frustrating is it's his track record with terrible trades. Fulmer should have been traded five years ago, if we're being honest, because when he actually had good value, value. before this rebuild, you, you hold on to him through this rebuild. He gets hurt. Now he's a closer. You know, he's not even a starter anymore. So that's what's frustrating. And, you know, yeah, you I think we all said a few weeks ago we didn't want to enter another rebuild, but you did have some pieces, maybe like Soto, um, maybe like Fulmer, a couple other guys that you could have got a few decent pieces that could maybe contribute next year. And it's just another trade deadline goes by, and here we are, hoping Spencer Torkelson is going to be the next Mike Trout, you know?
2: Right. Well, you sure can't blame everything on injuries either. I mean, you know, this series, they're just wrapping up with the Twins. I mean, I think they had the most strikeouts in a three-game series of any team in a long time. I mean, this team just does not hit the ball. I mean, it's it's like a broken record. We talk about it every week. But they got some serious problems in their approach at the plate. And if you don't put the ball in play, you don't have much of a chance. And they're striking out way too much.
3: Can to go back into Falmer for a second man how funny yeah. was it that he literally got <laughs> traded to a team that they were playing in, a, in like an hour I <laughs> so know. They, they, we, the, we saw the funny visual uh on tv where basically it's like literally him walking from the one locker room to the other locker room and then a day later he's pitching against the tigers I mean just talk about bizarre a, a, an hour later after he got traded he's warming up in a twins uniform right. it's like for a, a first days. place team
1: yeah. right yeah
3: Maybe just give him a couple days to get his wits about him and then then maybe you can you know, throw him into the fray. But it was just funny how it's like as soon as he was traded, it was like nothing had happened. He's mm-hmm. immediately just on the twins and it's business as usual.
2: Hi guys, welcome.
3: <laughs> how uh, weird.
2: It's weird. It's good for him and Grossman, though, both going to first place teams. That's not all bad, right? Yep. Even though you got friends on the ball club. I mean, right. the whole idea is playing in October. And you know, you briefly touched upon it. I mean, Juan Soto, what a blockbuster that was, man. The Padres are gonna be they're going to be pretty tough to beat when they get Tatis back, and you know the the team they have. They're going to be knocking on the Dodgers' door. There, I mean, they, they put yeah. together a hell of an outfield.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're already. I think they're like ten games or something behind the Dodgers, so it's going right. to take quite a bit to keep to catch up. But you you have to think they're at least going to be in the wild card. Oh, yeah, they're going to be there in the wild card. They added a couple of relief pitchers. It's just. I mean, the Tigers went with Don Dombrowski. They did do stuff like this. You know, they'd go out and get Gary Sheffield. They'd go out and get Prince Fielder. They'd Mm -hmm. go out and you know make these kind of splash moves. And it just seems like we're so far removed from that. We're hoping Casey Mize is going to turn into Verlander. You know, we're hoping that some of these that you know some of these prospects coming up are going to turn into great players. When are we going to make a splash trade like that? That's kind of right, you can have all these young players. At some point, you do need to add right. some veteran players, like when the Tigers added Pudge Rodriguez mm. and Maglio Ordóñez. That's what took them over the top. Huge. So
3: yeah, yeah. It's it, I mean San Diego's going to be fun as hell to watch. And speaking of good uniforms, man, I love their new alternate, alternate you know, pink and like I don't even know, like electric green, like city uniforms. I think those are sweet. They're different, that's for sure. <laughs> And that's all uh, I expected from you. Nothing else.
2: That's all I can say. The, the last thing about the Tigers, I mean, obviously nothing to play for in the in the standings for the rest of the year. But they do have a big weekend coming up. Lou Whitaker weekend at uh, Comerica. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit more media buzz will help get him into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He definitely deserves to be there. I mean, he's got to be one of the top, I would say, top 10 second basemen of all time. And, and he needs to get in the Hall of Fame and join his partner Alan Trammell. Do
1: you know how many years he has left?
2: Well, they have this new new committee that uh, you know puts. It, I don't think he is eligible from his original run, but then they have this Veterans Committee, and I think oh, that's okay. he's going to get in there just like Trammell did with that, if he makes it. And I think I think there'll be enough, uh, like I said, buzz from the Detroit area, mid mid America.
3: He should make it, I think, in the next couple of years, I would guess. I, I've been hearing some stories about that guy. He seems like my type of player. Uh they, they had, we had a fun little shoot, you know, where they had Nemo's bar, some of the old guys mm-hmm. on the team, and and they're telling stories, you know, how he basically never took batting practice and would lead the team in in uh mm-hmm. in uh batting average. Uh he would he would tell stories where basically he'd show up to spring training, tell the guys he literally hasn't touched a bat since the last day of the season the year before. And it was like he was, you know, quote, unquote, in midseason form. Uh, and he just had some flair to him. You know, the fro, the making some electric plays, the second base, hitting home runs. I mean, what more could you want from a leadoff man?
2: Oh, he was a great player. He was an absolutely great player, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I had a little bone to pick with him, though. He's one of the only couple players back in the era when I was going to Tiger Stadium and uh, gathering interviews, you know, uh, he completely blew me off. I mean, I I went up and talked to him and said, hey, Lou, do you got time for a short little interview? Never even acknowledged that I was talking to him. You know, he didn't even say, <laughs> nah, I don't have time. He didn't say a word to me. The other one that did that was Carlton Fisk. There was two jerks that I've had to deal with at least. Maybe he was having a bad day, but like I said, he belongs in the Hall of Fame without a doubt.
3: Man, he, you... You must not have liked him for a while, I'm guessing, after that. Nope, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you could act all cordial now, but it probably still burns you a little bit. It, it, it burned me then, I will say. I mean,
2: again, I understand if you don't have time, just say so. Just yeah, don't, Just ignore me. That like must I'm, have
3: been the most awkward exchange that you probably ever had. You probably, cause you probably repeated it as if he didn't hear you or something. And I might've heard you again,
2: it, it was, it was, it was pretty uh, earth shattering to the old <laughs> young sportscaster, man. Just not even acknowledging me I'm, or die bad breath. Or what was the deal? How far away was
3: he from you when this went down?
2: Oh, it was, I walked right up to him at the batting cage. He was, he was just sitting there and he wasn't doing anything. See how to do it, like I said, I would have been completely fine with it if you just said, Hey man, there, I don't have time, I gotta worry about the
3: game. Whatever. I'm stuck on this. Was there other guys around, or was it just you and him? It's funnier if there's other guys around to see see this, see this uh, happen.
2: Either your dad was there or, or my buddy Chris. I had a witness, but I don't remember if there was other ball players around. <laughs> wow, That was That's a different what, yeah. time. No hard feelings, Lou. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, also, guys. Uh, potpourri time, you know, we've talked about uh, the greatest players in the NBA, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, but you know, Bill Russell, the all time winningest basketball player, and he just passed away at 88. He was uh, absolutely spectacular player in that era, you know, and he was a trailblazer in the civil rights movement, first black head coach in any major sport he was a player coach for the celtics i think he won a couple of titles as player coach i mean it's pretty amazing isn't the uh isn't the uh championship trophy named after bill russell as well in the nba the the mvp, is the MVP trophy? Is. Yeah. yeah so yeah he's, he, he's, he was one of a kind
1: i think that's definitely the the way to say it. he's the winningest player ever you know people mm-hmm. rank their best players one through ten or whatever but he's definitely the winningest and that that always blows my mind the the player coach thing. I know people say that about LeBron that he's like basically a player coach. But can you imagine nowadays like an official player coach? That it would just be crazy.
3: Oh no doubt. Yeah, it would, would not work as well as it did back in those days. No. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's just an activist, just a legend, really. Uh, always was around at NBA All Star weekends my entire life, so he's always been kind of in the NBA's limelight. Just a just a legend in every sense of the word.
2: Yeah, and I remember you know I am old enough. I remember some epic battles between him and Wilt Chamberlain back in the days. I mean, they were the two premier centers, you know, in in the NBA. I mean, there were some other decent ones, uh, you know, Willis Reed and Bob Lanier in his time. You know, obviously, uh, Kareem when he came into the league. But in the in the '60s, it was Russell against Chamberlain and Russell. Had a little better team than Wilt did. Wilt could hold his own, but Russell's team's always seemed to win. And uh, that's what it's all about, for sure. Um, You know, guys, before we wrap up this podcast, we're, we kind of teed it up a little bit. We got hard knocks coming up. Next week, baby, hard knocks. We start really getting into the football season. Uh, already getting some buzz out there about Dan Campbell and some of his quotes, some of his speeches, uh, you know, it's going to be fantastic. I don't know what kind of, what kind of vibe you're getting, Jared, being down there in Detroit, uh, in the media, but, uh, is this a big thing?
3: Oh, it it is. I mean, it's like all the, a lot of my coworkers, a lot of other like kind of freelance media people, man, they're all. They're all flocking to uh, Hard Knocks this week. Uh, Yeah, it's a big event, man, in terms of both the media side and just in TV. And it's weird to think that, you know, we we rarely ever have national TV games as Lions fans. You know, we have Thanksgiving. That's about it every year. So it's going to be weird to think that everyone will be watching this show. All the podcasts you listen to are going to be talking about this team. It's I'm excited just for that side of it, man.
1: And you, you know Dan Campbell is going to steal the show. There's going to mm-hmm. be some players, probably like Jamal Williams, maybe even Aiden Hutchinson, you know, who knows. Um, some other players that are going to be stars, I guess, of the show. Dan, it's going to be all Dan Campbell with those speeches, with him doing up-downs with the team, taping his wrists, and, you know, who knows what else he does. I mean, it's going to be – honestly, like, I, I think – The people who are like actual like football fans, you know, maybe they don't have like a favorite team or something. I honestly think this might make a bunch of people Lions fans this year. They might watch them and I bet you there's gonna be a lot about the franchise, how down they've been, the city, you know, turning the franchise around, turning the city around, winning for the people of Detroit, all of that kind of stuff. And I, I bet a lot of people are gonna watch it and be like, I'm I'm rooting for the Lions this year, man. I, I want Dan Campbell to succeed, and
2: I, I I can't wait. Well, it starts Tuesday, August 9th on HBO and HBO Max, 10 to 11. Now, this is uh, usually something we talk about in our production meeting, guys. Are we going to do our instant vids? Or are we going to do, like, maybe a 10-minute uh get together just to recap I think, the episode i think
3: it's instant vids man i mean that's that's okay. get them out quick that's what people love from us they always do well uh and we, yeah just instant reaction right after it sounds good kind of so even the extended conversation on the bod later that week is this is this I gonna be to okay up?
2: ted you're yeah you're gonna... <laughs> i was gonna say i gotta stay up to 11 o'clock on tuesdays but i'll do it for the team guys <laughs> <laughs> No worries. Uh, Let's see. Anything else? I think that covers pretty much everything. I I did want to mention that, uh, you know, I don't want to bring it down here, but a good buddy of mine, you know, you know about my buddy Chris passing away of ALS. Another good friend, Darren Fry, just recently passed away of ALS. His funeral is today, 62 years old. How strange is this? Two players off off one of my city league basketball teams in the 80s. Two players die of ALS here in Michigan, you know, and per capita – the state of Michigan is number one in, in the country for ALS cases. So there's something going on, you know, I don't know if it's pesticide, something in the water, but it's, it is weird. And uh, rest in peace, Darren, and, and condolences to the family. And this one, this is to you, Matt, Uh, Jeremy Rogers, formerly the Morris athletic director and basketball coach. Also my neighbor, he's battling stage four cancer. And your sister uh, Christine put up a GoFundMe called Rogers Army. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you want to help donate for some of his medical costs, go to his GoFundMe page, that's Roger's army and, you know, good guy. You know, I've talked to him a few times. We did a few Morris football games and, uh, you know, it just comes out of the blue sometimes, you know, when you, you're not feeling good and you go to the doctor and all of a sudden they give you that diagnosis. I mean, how devastating that can be to you, your family, your friends. I mean, let's just pray that, that he gets better, you know, cause they're, they've come a long way with cancer research.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know all the details, but I know my sister, they're they're really good friends with him and, and his family. So they're they're all in on trying to help support him and yeah, get that GoFundMe and other fundraisers going because, yeah, it was, I guess, very shocking and, and devastating, obviously, to get that news. Like you said, they were unexpected and everything like that. Right. So, yeah. so, yeah, hopefully hopefully they're able to raise some money and get something figured out.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Young husband and father. So prayers are going out to them on a more positive note. uh, We're not that far away from our annual three point podcast prep pigskin preview with local uh, media people from throughout the state of Michigan. That'll, uh, that'll drop somewhere around Wednesday, August 24th, leading up to our first high school football game on z ninety-two five, Corona and Fowlerville. And I, I talked to the superintendent of the schools there, Corona and their fingers are still crossed. They're on schedule to uh, host that game opening night, so
3: they're going to be coming down the stretch to get that turf laid and yeah. all laid out good. <laughs> they got to be working around the clock right about now, man. That's I know those projects though. Though that last like week or something like that, man, you are like a chicken with your head cut off trying to get oh, yeah. it finished it before the de- the deadline. Yeah, I think especially I re- if
1: materials are delayed or you know you're you're waiting on certain things, you're just watching that that what'd you say August.
2: 24th, August 25th is the first 25th, game, man. Yeah. That's coming up quick. <laughs> it sure is.
3: I will say the fact that it's already cutting it close is a bit concerning, but uh, let's just hope they get it out in time.
2: Well, I know the brand new bleachers are all in place they're looking okay. really good. So, you know, if you think about a, a carpet man coming to your house to lay carpet, well, if they get all the pieces, if, if the deliveries show up, I, I think they can do it. I think yeah. so. Fingers crossed. All right.
1: Well, yeah, will so be that's, cool when it's done. That's going to be a really cool project. It
2: really will time. be. You know, and I retweeted something else. I saw Ithaca, you know, with all the championships and success they had up there. And, you know, they had a big time donor really refurbished their field. Well, now they put the icing on the cake with a new turf field up there, too. So I drove right
1: by it too. on the way
3: up north. That field is. The
1: picture of that field is so cool
3: it is i don't know man it's it's a weird if you haven't seen it it's like a memorial, like a i don't know if the donor was a former veteran or or if they have some strong veteran presence at ithaca but it's there's nothing ithaca on the field it's all like red white and blue stars and stripes i I don't wasn't for me i mean i'm all about the veterans and everything but i wouldn't if Corona did that i would be up in arms i didn't even notice that really
1: yeah, I don't. I don't know if I noticed that either in the picture. So you
3: guys didn't see. You didn't see the picture. You just heard that it was a new deal. I mean, look at it. Well, up. There, there was it, a picture a on jarring. the
1: tweet. I was going off the picture
2: on the tweet. Yeah, I think it's it was a, a jarring. It was a stadium picture, but hey, I'll have to take a look
3: at it and see if that's true. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'll pull. I have it. You know, easily at my disposal. I'll have it here. Tweet this is it. Like so... the whole.
1: This is like the whole MLB uniform draft. You
2: know, to each their own. <laughs> that's right. Well, here I know Crosby. Be- field Field's going to look pretty awesome. I, I can't wait to see it in person. I saw the uh, rendering of it, and it, it looks sweet. The
3: rendering, be so, cool. Yeah.
2: All right, fellas, we'll call this a podcast. This has been the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare, Home of the Now Community Wellness Center, and also we're presented to you by Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout Michigan. Don't forget. Stop in the Corona store, use the coupon code 3.20. That's going to get you 20% off any of the SkyMint products only. It's for new customers only. And uh, eh, this is another little disclaimer, not valid in ounces or half ounces. So other than that, I can see it. Really? That's in the end zone?
3: Yeah. I, like I said, it's, it's stars and stripes. The, the end zone says, one end zone says service. It's got a whole blue trim around it. It's still, and it's the other end zone though. says service as well. And like, there looks like there's about 50 different American flags on this uh turf field. I'm okay with it. Salute. Hey, I mean, I, I'm not gonna complain about turf field, but it's just <laughs> like a little bit jarring. I mean, yeah, uh, who
2: knows? Yeah, well, I'll look at it up close and in person. All right, don't forget to follow us at three point pod, spread the word. Make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the podcast. They include AZ printing solutions. Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the Wash of Owasso, and the ALS Association of Michigan. Three-Point Podcast was recorded at streamyard.com. Before I wrap it up, I just want to give a little plug to our friends at Chi-Town. They have a sold-out show coming up August 5th at the Machine Shop in Flint. And then uh, the next night, August 6th, Smuggler's Run, Downriver, Detroit. That's at Wyandotte. Get a chance to go out and see the boys. Until next week, so long, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace and love, peace and love.
4: Three Point Podcast is a SportsNet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3Point Pod or by email to 3 point pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.